This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder. Do you love it too? Carrie. Miranda. Samantha. Charlotte. Cosmos. Emotions. So many dudes. Every single dude. All the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Couldn't Help Help But Wonder, a podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to us. ASMR. Oh my God. Hi, Jamie. Guys, I'm just going to eat some chips really quick. Just kidding. Guys, I'm we, never going to do that again. Guys, we got your message about how much you love the chips. Yeah. Chip, and chip, we brought chips. some corn nuts crunch, to take it up crunch, a notch. Squish, squish. Um, that's a Lickety, joke. Lickety, lick, lick, lick. That's a joke because we slurp, got some, slurp. some no. comments about how they hated yes. the chips. We're not. No chips. No chips. No eating no on woman, the mic. No woman, no cry. No chips. No chips. No chips in the mic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jamie. So, yeah, I know. It's really cool. Um... Who were you this week? Rosie, um, Sir Nosy? I was... Does Miranda take plan B? Mm, no? So, I, was, I don't think plan B is ever okay. on well, the I show. I took plan B, so I guess I'm Samantha a whore? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Great. I love it. Um, I have been off birth control for years. Sure. Four years. And I had irresponsible sex. Cool. It was pretty cool. I That's felt kind of like, cool. I was like, wow, am I cool or am oh, yeah, I cool? No, you're really cool. I was like, I might not do drugs, drink, or go to parties, but I am stupid about sex. Yeah, no. <laughs> the B stands for plan B, balls to the wall. Oh, God. Hello. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's me. I'm cool. <laughs> um, so that was stressful. And the good news is I had never taken it before. And I like texted all my friends like, what's going to happen to me? And my friends are like, you might vomit. You're going to like feel like shit, blah, blah, blah. I took it. And did it make you feel like shit? I just slept for like seven hours immediately. Oh my god! I it never affected me, and I am like so I affected it every by, day. No, but like I always, I always the times that I took it, I was always like, "Here I go, I'm gonna feel like shit." I would like gear up to feel like shit, and then it didn't affect me, and I was so surprised because I'm such a little like pussy. Weakling. Yeah, I am pussy ass bitch. I am a pussy ass bitch when it comes to medications and stuff. Whatever the side effects are on the side of the box, I'm like, Jamie Lee feels them. <laughs> But not plan B. I don't know what that is. Anyways. That's awesome that you did it. But I'm, I can't. So it just made you tired. Yeah, but it was mostly fine. But you um, didn't puke or anything. No, and okay, it did good. make me think like, Jesus Christ, like I am so lucky to live in a town where I have access to this and I have health insurance yes. and like, God, what would I do if these Republicans take over? And it's like no plan B for me. Just like have a weird baby. <laughs> a weird baby. <laughs> I mean, I'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> The only thing that would be great about being pregnant is you can be fat for once in your life without being shamed for it. Yeah. It's the one time in your life as a woman you could just be like, I'm fat. Do you love it or do you love it? 
Yeah. People are like, you're glowing. I'm like, you didn't say that when I housed those donuts. Yeah. It's like (laughs) pizza for two. Yeah. Well, um, girl, who are you this week? Oh, uh, well, I was Carrie in that. uh, Okay. So I guess it was no in the show, too. I was thinking it just happened in the movie. But in the show, Carrie, like, doesn't know how to deal with technology. Like, people try to, like, teach her how to email. And she's like, what is this? What are it's so funny because she's she works off of a laptop (laughs) emails right there. You would think that she would just like also learn how to do that like this other function of a laptop but she's like no I just use my laptop for writing that's it um and I felt like I was kind of Carrie because I deleted Instagram from my phone for like almost a month um and so I felt very like sort of tech averse Mm. because of it and I felt really cool because it really uh it was really great for me it really cleared my head and Um, I didn't miss it at all, which was crazy. I am back on it now and I definitely, you know, I, whatever. I like the scroll. I like being on there. I like the colors. I like the pictures of my friends. I'm I'm there for it, but I don't check it as mindlessly as I was before the deletion. So I highly recommend. Well, I should try that. Highly, highly recommend. One thing that I read somewhere that can help you if you're addicted to your phone, like I am. Is it the grayscale? Yes. It doesn't, I didn't feel that way. I just Uh, thought that was annoying. Basically, you you make your, you take your phone from color to gray and it makes it less appealing. I found my phone less appealing. I looked at it less. So maybe I need to look at your phones are like looking at beautiful pictures. Yeah, of course. So it's kind of an interesting experiment. It's kind of crazy. Do you still have it grayscaled? No, but the truth is your phone and Facebook and social media and all that. I mean, it's kind of nefarious. It's built to be addicted. Totally, especially it's like Instagram. Nicotine and drugs. Absolutely. So it's kind no, of people kinda are crazy. addicted to it. And I just found myself like I am for sure, one hundred percent. Well, I, I the thing that sort of I remember the moment I deleted it. It was because I was watching a show that I really wanted to pay attention to, and I was scrolling. And I was like, it's okay to just focus on one screen. Like, Not only is it okay, it's good. Yeah, like allow yourself to, you don't need to always be like multi-slacking. Like just stare at the one screen. You don't have to also be like looking at shoe blogs or whatever the fuck. Like just put it aside and enjoy the one activity. And I just wanted to get back to this place of like mono fun, like one focus at a time. You can go to Instagram if you need to, or you can go do something else, but like don't merge the two activities if you can help it. And I think it it's definitely calmed my brain down a lot. I think it's really good for you. My old meditation teacher was like, doing one thing at a time is actually like spiritually like yes. the best thing for you. Exactly. Even, she was like, even if you're on your computer and you have like five tabs, 10 tabs, she's like, try to get it down to one if you can. Like, yep. Yeah. It it really, it's just, uh, just, it's like just a way to streamline your life. Yeah, be mindful. So, on that note, we are going to kick off the episode. Guys, if you were like, what am I listening to? This actually is a Sex in the City podcast. <laughs> Barely, but by a thread. But it is, though. And today we're talking season two, episode 15, called Shortcomings. Before I dive in, I must make an announcement because I rarely feel like any guys on the show are hot. Hmm. That I thought that the dad that Miranda has a fling with in the show is very hot. Just putting it out he there. He was hot. I thought he was extremely attractive. You're right. He was really hot. Wasn't he? He kind of looks like Nathan Fillion a little bit. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. He's yummy. 
This episode opens with Miranda suffering through kids hour at her gym. When she has enough of toddlers hurting each other with medicine balls, she leaves. On the way out, though, she meets Roger, a hot divorcee and father to Simon, an annoying kid who loves pressing elevator buttons. After the trio take a whirlwind tour of the other floors of the gym and Simon wets himself, Roger asks her out. Miranda catches up with everyone to debrief. I don't wear vintage clothes. I hate flea markets. I don't collect antiques. Is it too much to ask that he not be, I don't know, used? Okay, before it goes any further, just make sure his parts are still under warranty. <laughs> it's like chewing somebody else's gum. Yeah, well, divorced men do come with baggage. Yeah, baggage is one thing, but when they come with kids... Especially kids with bladder control issues. Here's what I think. Mm -hmm. Round up all the divorced men and keep them in a pound. <laughs> that way you get their whole history before you take one home. Just because a man's divorced doesn't mean he has a problem. Like my brother Wesley. He's just separated from his wife, Leslie, and he's... Wesley and Leslie? I don't think so. What is that? <laughs> Marriage by Mother Goose? <laughs> Definitely a candidate for the pound. Mm. Okay, I was gonna ask you all to meet him because he's coming to visit me and now forget it. No, 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 honey. We want to meet Wesley of Wesley and Leslie. And P.S. Does he work for Nestle? <laughs> I mean, the jokes are terrible. <laughs> that is very important a to me, joke. and I'm not going to have them subjected to scrutiny and ridicule. Mm. I'll be scrutiny. You'd be ridiculed. I always have to be ridiculed. Why can't you be ridiculed for once? That was okay. great delivery. I loved Miranda's delivery there. She's Why superlative. Do I have to be. I mean, she's so good. Um, they but, are so judgmental about divorce, which is nothing. Yeah. Wild. Also, also the whole uh, Wesley Leslie thing. It's like. Yeah, like their names rhyme, but also why doesn't Charlotte have more of a sense of humor? Why isn't Charlotte, if Charlotte would just go, yeah, I know, like it's a thing in our family too. Like we all give them shit for it. Like, I don't know. There's just, it's so weird. She's like, guys, be serious. Be serious that the rhyming is not what it's about it's right now. It's not funny. Yeah, you're just like, come on. Like let, I don't know. Yeah, it's I'm like just, a straight up joke. It was just ridiculous. Yeah, I did find their like, I mean, use goods, divorce, been with them once, been with them twice. It's like all of you have slept with 10,000 men. I don't know why being used is suddenly a thing for you. Like, literally, they sleep with a different guy every night and they're I, like, you, yeah. he's used. I it's know. like, I was so wow. surprised by that. I'm also surprised that it took this long to get to a storyline where someone dates a divorcee or that the divorcee is the highlight of that storyline. Also, considering how edgy so many of them are, they are acting like getting divorced is something that, like, no one does. Right. It's so rare. Oh, honey, used goods. Like, it's so... Why are they so conservative about that? Yeah, I mean, I would understand if the emphasis was on the guy having kids. Like, that, okay, that's... a. I get that as a topic where it's like, oh, he had a family before you. Like, there's yeah, something the interesting to sniff out there, but to just be like... Yeah, washed up on the shore like a p piece of kelp. You know, you're like, relax. hundred like, percent. <laughs> and literally Charlotte's the one saying just because you're divorced doesn't mean you're damaged goods. I know. Goods. It's so surprising. I it's just find so it surprising. hilarious that they're being so judgmental about divorce when none of them can have a functional relationship. Right. Vintage clothes. I hate antiques. Like, it's so, like, what? What yeah, are you used, saying? Used material. Also, you guys aren't in your 20s. You, you know people who have been married you know people who have been divorced also like, you've whole lived thing, a longer life yeah and also you guys are all like cripplingly insecure that you're not married exactly like, people could it's do surprising. the same to you and be like "Ooh, a 40 year old woman who's 
never been married, damaged goods. It's it is like, so not a like it's not fresh New York take. It's old school. It's, it's so old school. And it's, it's so 50s. like. Yeah, it's almost like the way like my grandmother would talk about divorce. Wild. Yeah, it's not. It's so insanely not current. Anyways. All right, moving on. So Carrie has started seeing a new guy of her own, the short story writer Vaughn Wiesel. Vaughn's very green in that he's straight up recycled. He's played by Justin Thoreau, who also played the puka shell necklace guy in season one. He and Carrie go to drop off some books at his parents' brownstone, where Carrie is a hit. The Wiesels are Woody Allen characters slash readers of Carrie's column. The whole family's cool as hell, and Carrie loves them. He play, he's playing the same guy. It's not a different new guy. New guy. It's a different guy. Different character. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was the same guy. No. Different wow. guy. Oh, my God. But you know that that character was my favorite yeah, character. He, he, his of, life is so fucked up right now. It is my it's favorite. It's one of the great lines. Yeah, guys, we, yes. he When Justin Thoreau is on the first time, it is my absolute he is the it's the funniest that's so wild person that, that anyone that. on the show has dated is that first character he played anyways rose continue with the plot dissection girl i will miranda and roger have a park date which goes great until simon hits her with a stick even though roger's the dad of a demon child miranda's into him and at her place charlotte consoles her brother wesley over muffins she pushes him to get back with his wife leslie they had a nice wedding ceremony, so they should be all good, right? Solid argument from Charlotte. After her six-hour Wiesel family hang, Carrie is very hot for Vaughn. They crash through her apartment door in full-on make-out mode. But right when they tear each other's clothes off, Vaughn comes, and Carrie does not. She catches up with Samantha and Miranda to talk premature ejaculation and staying close to Vaughn's family. Samantha reveals that she slept with a guy when she was 13 for access to his pool. So she gets what Carrie's going through. Okay, thanks, Sam. Carrie then has a nice lunch with Vaughn's mother, Wallace. Later, Charlotte brings Wesley out to meet Carrie, only to be shocked when Samantha shows up, too. Without so much as asking a courtesy permission to have sex with your brother, Samantha has sex with Charlotte's brother. Miranda and Roger sleep together back at his place. Before she leaves, she goes to pee when she's interrupted by Simon. When he tries to enter the bathroom, Miranda slams the door, accidentally cutting his forehead. Where is Simon's mother? And why isn't she watching him while Roger and Miranda have sex? Why, 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 why? Anyway, Miranda apologizes, but there's no putting that kid's head and their relationship back together. That dad was like way too dramatic. Oh, it was terrible. That was an accident fucking psycho yeah psycho when charlotte finds samantha in her kitchen wearing nothing but her brother's t-shirt she freaks out charlotte kind of slut shames samantha calling her vagina a tourist destination harsh and samantha storms off afterward carrie and vaughn have yet another disappointing encounter in which surprise surprise he comes on himself instantly <laughs> again Charlotte finally comes around to listening to Wesley, who should no longer be with Leslie in the first place. You don't know Samantha. I do. She has so many notches on her bedpost, it's practically whittled down to a toothpick. It was fun. I know, I know. You had your little fling, and now you can go back to Leslie and you can work it out, right? We're not working it out. You think you know Wesley and Leslie? Let me tell you about Wesley and Leslie. Leslie's frigid, and before last night, Wesley hadn't gotten laid in two years. Oh, my God. 
I've been, I was going out of my mind. I've seen a pastor, I've seen a shrink, but until I saw Samantha, I didn't realize what I really needed. Sex. So it was a good thing. It was a freaking great thing. That's Samantha. You really got a good friend there. Oh, God. Disgusting. Ew. It's Charlotte. That was a terrible thing I said. Yes, it was. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have another tour group coming through my vagina in 10 minutes. And I'm so sorry. You said what you came to say? Wait. I wanted to give you this. Samantha was touched. Come here. Oh. She realized this was Charlotte's way of saying, thank you for fucking my brother. Uh, I don't have a brother. I have to make that disclaimer. So I don't know what it's like to be protective of a sibling. But I am having a hard time relating to how involved Charlotte is in her brother's issues and relationship and all of it. Samantha aside, just in general, she seems insanely protective of her brother. I kind of agree with you, but I think the way she's protective of him is still cloaked in her caring about what people think above all else. Yes, that's what it is. And it's like he wasn't happy in the marriage. Right. And the fact that she's Trying to like keep them together. She cares less about that and literally just says, but you had such a great wedding. It's yeah. such a like, yeah, I find Charlotte sometimes so hard to relate to that it's hard to even get my head around. Like I have siblings that I'm really close with. And if one of them got divorced, I would just be concerned with how they're feeling and support them, whatever. Yeah, and in I, their choice. Yeah. And I can't imagine... But you know what? In a weird fucked up way, it's like the way I analyze Charlotte's response to her brother being like, you should stay with your wife despite being unhappy because you had such a nice wedding. It's such an insane response that it's not that I, I think Charlotte doesn't care about her brother's happiness. This is just the way she looks at the world. And I think she's so unable to access her own authentic happiness mm -hmm. that she only can look at things through the lens of like, will some random white socialites approve of this? Totally. That she's like in her way showing love by being like, get back together with her. So these random white socialites will approve of you. Yeah. Because isn't that what you also want? And it's like, no, Charlotte, almost nobody wants that. Yeah. And uh, how do you feel about Samantha having sex with Wesley? Is that a violation of friendship? You know, what, what, how, how, what would have been the more appropriate response or action? Or, yeah, like, what's the way to handle that? Like, I, I'm, I'm sort of, I can understand why it's uncomfortable for Charlotte. I definitely can understand that. Um, but I don't. I'm still not fully, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's because he's still married. So that's also part of it is like, she's like, how could you? It's a good question because I also don't have a brother. I have sisters. Yeah. Um, if I had a f guy friend, yeah, I think it's so different because if I had a guy friend that slept with one of my sisters, yeah. all I would care about was that he was going to like, 
try and then date her and like treat her yes. right. But I think it's different for guys because this guy doesn't care if someone just sleeps with him and pieces out. So it's kind of like, I guess I don't really, it's not like she has some really like weak, meek little baby brother. This guy's like a full adult who yeah, like wants to get my laid. Point. Yeah. I don't really know what the problem is. Um, I guess, I guess it might be nice if a friend was like, Hey, I think your brother's cute. Do you care if I like make out with him? Yes. Maybe that's the most respons responsible thing yes. to do. I guess it's just always nice to check in with people about stuff like that. But I don't think what Samantha did was like monstrous. No, it wasn't. I think it's fine. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Again, if you're a woman or whatever, I think if you're a woman and you have an older brother and you're a listener, DM us and tell us what you think. Because we actually don't know what to think about this. I just know in college, I... I think I, I maybe talked about this on the podcast before, but my college boyfriend, I was friends with his sister. They were like a year apart. And then she introduced us and then she was like, oh, my brother thinks you're cute. And then I was like, oh, I think your brother's cute. And then we started dating Great. and he was like my boyfriend for four years. Amazing. But, um, but it was really hard for her. She really, she, she ended up sort of backtracking and she was like, I didn't know I was going to feel this way. I, I'm like, I feel jealous all the time. And um, yeah. And it was really difficult. Cause I was like, well, we're like kind of serious. Like it wasn't just a fling. I can understand like if it's your best girlfriend yeah. who's then going to be in love with right. your brother. And then it's, it's a, like, it's a messy, it's messy. Well, the thing that I can relate to with that is, is when your best girlfriend gets a new boyfriend and is no longer available, that's already right. something to be jealous of. And right. to feel like it's somebody who is your brother. I could see how that would be yes. not uncool, but complicated. It was complicated. I think that was it. And it was also just, yeah, I mean, she this is a complete sidebar, but I was very like inclusive because I didn't want her feeling that well, that's way. Very kind of you. And then it was still an issue and it was just, yeah, it was like four years of crazy. Well, at some point you have to just get over yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So Carrie and Vaughn's relationship lasts even if he can't. The next time they're about to sleep together, Carrie does everything she can to get him to slow down and successfully have sex with her. But he doesn't want to hear it. He jumps out of bed and they head to his parents' place, naturally. Right when they get there, Vaughn starts freaking the whole Wiesel crew out with his blue balls and his yelling for cream cheese. Another white man who is losing his shit. When Carrie decides she's had enough, she claims she has a deadline to deal with and gets up to leave. Wallace senses that this could also be the deadline for her and Vaughn and stops her before she goes. What happened? Everything was going so well. It really wasn't. Okay, I know what it is. His last girlfriend wasn't as discreet. I don't even want to get in the irony. He writes short stories. Okay, this has, this has officially become too weird. Really? In a situation like this, you gotta laugh. All right, it's a problem. But you'll work it out. He, he won't even talk about it. Do you want me to talk to him? No, no, no. I can't discuss this with you. You can't, Carrie. You and I can discuss anything. So your sex life isn't so great, so what? 77% of all marriages are sexless. The other things are so much more important. Like it's an family. Then I saw that the person I really had to break up with wasn't Vaughn. It was his mother. Wallace, I would still like us to be friends. No, I mean that. 
And what happens when you meet somebody else? I can tell you right now, they won't have a mother like me, and you know that. You know that we have something. Well, what we have is very special. All right, well. All right. Call me sometime. I will. What do you think, Jamers? I, oof, I... Uh... I don't think I've ever dated anybody whose whose mom or dad or anybody was that open and being like, oh, you can talk to me about anything like this is, uh, I would say, an extreme case, although I do. My mother in law is she's pretty easy to talk to about stuff. Um, and I I definitely would shy away from having this kind of conversation with her. But like, yeah, I feel like th- this basically what I'm saying is this woman is like a dream mom but I don't know if it exists. Have you ever dated somebody, whether you end up being serious with them or not, but have you ever dated somebody who you liked their family more than them? Like you loved their family? No. Yeah, neither have I. Not no, that I can think not of. that I didn't like their family, but no, not, no, no, like but not they like were phenomenal. better than never. That's what I'm saying. That's the part that's not relatable to me. I didn't say it very clearly. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had that experience either. Um, that would be tricky if you really love the family. I think what's much more common is falling in love with somebody whose family you don't like. Oh yeah. That's kind of That's like kind of the norm. Hashtag everyone's mm-hmm. family. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Isn't that just the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's more like being like, shit, I really love this person, but I have to yeah. have a lifetime of this family. Yeah, that feels more normal. Yeah. But maybe the, I'm sure this once in a while kind of thing happens. This is an interesting, um, beyond the mom in this it's a there's an interesting thing happening here which is this stereotypical jewish mom who's oversharing they in a cool way not in a bad way but um there's also a not to say that stereotypes aren't true i have seen this um doesn't have to be jewish but like there's also a thing of her son carrie's boyfriend acting really entitled in that scene where he's like, give me the cream cheese. Where's the cream cheese? And having, it's like almost one of the more disturbing things about the family dynamic is that nobody's like, Hey, stop acting like that. You're being a fucking baby. Yes, it's yes. kind of like, this Oh, was the, my little, thought as well. the little Jewish boy chick can just like act however. And totally. like, we're okay with it. Cause we're these like rich, overly, sort of indulgent yes that's a jewish thing that's kind of it bad. is and yeah that that's what's interesting to me is that well two things what you're bringing up is interesting and then also that considering how open vaughn's family is you know and he says this in the episode but like his family is so open and wanting to talk about everything that he's gone the opposite direction he just shuts down he doesn't want to discuss anything but he has the family that would happily discuss this his orgasm issues at the dinner table. But like I think that makes perfect sense. Yes, it does. My old, my old therapist was like, when it comes to parents, there should be nothing blurry with sex. Like that is something that you should not feel any, there shouldn't be any sexual discomfort sure. in your relationship with your parents. Sure, sure. And parents trying to relate to you 
about your sex life is blurring a boundary yes, that is not healthy for you. That's the flaw with this overly family yeah. is that in, in being like, I think oh, it's so groovy. We can talk about everything and, you know, we whatever. We teach at Columbia and, you know, come to our seminars. Like, you're like, well, actually, you're doing damage to your son because he's struggling and he is completely shutting down and actually kind of doesn't want to hang out with you guys, to be honest. Like, he goes there, but he doesn't really want to go there. Also, he does something that a lot of the male characters who like kind of dip in and out of the. I meant physically, like go to their house. If that wasn't clear, yeah, yeah, that was clear. Okay, he does something that a lot of the the men on this show do, which I think is realistic. Not to all men, hashtag not all men, but when a very prominent sexual problem arises. He just shuts it down, is totally defensive, and there's no discussion, which I can't tell if that's realistic or not. Um, do you find that realistic? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, not necessarily. I've never experienced that in a like sexual capacity, but I've definitely been in a place where I'm like, this thing's really obvious that you're struggling with. And then it's just like, oh, complete. No, I'm not. Wall what are you shut talking down. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I've had that too. Yeah. I had a partner in my 20s. Maybe I've already talked about this, but there were some problems in our sex life where I just felt like I wanted him to initiate more, which is very, it's an easy yeah. thing to do. It's really solvable. It's not a big diss. Right. I was just like, I feel like I always initiate. And he was like, what? No. Huh? Oh my yeah. God. And it's no. like, dude, it's a small You're note. Like, just, it's also, a th- it is there. Like, it, I'm not I making didn't it up. That. It's yeah. Like, it's like, just do it. That's it's the a, part that's so, yeah, that's so tricky. Yeah. I, I feel like the, the premature ejaculation isn't the problem. It's the the way he deals with her being 100%. like, hey. If they were able to talk about it, they could probably work through it. Yeah, it's not a death sentence. No, absolutely not. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Okay, well, the episode wraps with Carrie running into her chosen family, Miranda, Samantha, and Charlotte, already at a restaurant with the seat open just for her. Bye-bye, Vaughn. Hello, Core 4. Okay, this brings us to the question of the episode. In my mind, the complications of making a relationship work had just expanded exponentially. When you date someone, how many people become emotionally involved? When you sleep with someone, are you screwing the family? I mean, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a tough thing. I mean, I think... (sighs) It's so hard. I think if you fall in love with somebody with a family that's insanely difficult, it's something to think about before you get married. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, I've definitely had issues just just with Dan's parents. Like, sometimes his mom will... Even simply just asking, like, how's Dan doing? There's... And it's a completely harmless question. Yeah. Um, But there's always, to me, an undercurrent of, like... Yeah, I can't even describe it. Are you taking good enough yeah, care of him? Yeah, yeah. Or like... Are you taking care of my Danny boy? Yeah. And also just like, it also makes it feel like we're all married to him versus just... You know what I mean? How interesting. There's something where it's like, how's our how's our man? Ew. And I'm like, yeah. And my that's husband. not the intention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's not the intention. But I no, have I had hear that you. feeling of just like, well, yeah, you a- can call him and ask him. Yeah, you can ask him. He's fine. he's alive. Oh yeah, like we're marrying him together. Yes. Hey girl, how's our project yes. going? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's weird. light light undercurrent. Light undercurrent. No, I hear you. I mean, 
Skylar? Well, Kristen's family's great. They're so sweet and and they seem to like me, which is very what? nice of You're them. You're so unlikable. <laughs> well, the thing is, because I've, I've also dated people who's like, uh, whose families haven't necessarily not liked me but who i've like been skeptical of their liking of me and that's been like a like an obstacle to me and that like that did contribute to the one relationship i'm thinking of in particular it falling apart mm-hmm. um because the the person i was seeing it was like my first serious like high school girlfriend we did it for like six eight months i want to say mm-hmm. but she was she was mormon and i'm not and oh wow they like it was they like really closed ranks around her for mm. dating a non-Mormon person. Mm. And I like it It was so, yes, I, I, I do see the logic of the question. And I think that, yeah, you're certainly tied into the family when you. I <laughs> yeah. think this I think this first of all, that's fascinating. And I did you go to any bases with her? Yeah, well, she was she was Ooh. she was the not terribly committed Mormon oh. in her Mormon group. And then mm. her, but then I, Mormon. then I got like attacked. a Mormon <laughs> kidding. But then I got like, I was the one who was blamed for that too. Like by the family. Like I was, we like, heard you fingered her. Exactly. <laughs> like I was like, Oh, this is the corrupting. Oh God. Lutheran, oh my God. You fingered Lutheran. the family vagina. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> um, I wow. think, it's okay if people that you love don't have the best family that you really enjoy spending time with, as long as they also don't love them that much. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is if they're shitty and then your partner thinks they're amazing. Yes. At least you need to be on the same page of this is shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Or like at least understand, like understand the flaws that your partner is bumping up against and be respectful of them versus being like, no, they're not. Yeah. Well, my, I have a very close friend whose uh, husband's parents are like Southern and like, not like N word racist, but low key, like racist. Yeah. And she's like, that's a problem. And she like, is like, you realize this is a huge problem. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, well, you need to say something. He's like, you know, basically it's hard. Yeah. That's it's hard. really hard. It's really hard. It's hard when it's your family. Okay. Well, we end every episode doing this. Uh, Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. We end each episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. Rose, what you horny for right now? I'm horny for this podcast called Dirty John. Yes. It's a true crime podcast. If you have a work commute, if you have a road trip you're taking, I listen to it on a road trip. And it was juicy, fascinating, and fabulous. I'm not even that into crime. It's just not my, like, I'm not a crime hoe. But this one was riveting, and they turned it into a TV show that a couple of my friends have written on, and I heard it's a great show. Yes. And I will jump off of that and say that my horny four is similar to your horny four. Um, If you want another great true crime podcast, How to Live and Die in L.A. is excellent. Um just a really twisted winding road of a story and I highly recommend it. Um, and it's actually pretty, pretty recent. I think it happened in like 20, maybe 2017 or 2016. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. And, um, not that it has to be recent for it to be interesting, but How I am saying die in LA? it did happen while I actually was living in LA and the girl kind of like lived near me. So yeah. Oh, it's called to live and oh, die. In sorry LA. guys. So it's called to live and die in LA, not how to live and die in LA to live and die in LA. Great serialized true crime podcast. 
and uh, just a really, really sad and crazy complicated story um and just really good journalism i love with true crime podcasts when everything is just very crystal clear and they explain things in a way that is like talking to me like i'm a two-year-old i don't want any shortcuts i want everything spelled out hammered over the head a bunch of times so everything is just very very clear especially because you're kind of digesting a lot of facts and um like kind of piecing together the case along with the journalist telling it to you. And yes, I just want to say that um, very, very good storytelling in um, that podcast. So yeah, two pods to listen to besides this one. Okay, guys, we love you. Guys, it's been a treat. Love you. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. (coughs) 